I just wanted to go back and take a couple minutes. Some of you weren't here last week, but last week we talked about love never fails, and today we're just going to go on and say, what is love? Uh, you know, we talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. That's where we started last week and where we'll actually kind of, kind of start and end up and spend most of our time this week. The Scripture says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. And although I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, I give all my stuff away. I'm, 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 I'm generous. I, I'm, I'm a giver of my time. I'm a giver, a giver of my efforts. I'm a giver of my money. I, I do all the things that, 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 that I can to help other people, but don't have love. I, I don't amount to much. It says, then though I give my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. The last part is what we'll talk about a little bit today. Love is patient, kind. Love is not jealous. It's not boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way or it's not irritable. It keeps no records of being wronged. That's a big one. You have your Bible, you can underline that like three times and draw a circle around that because I think you, you know as well as I do that keeping score is kind of part of who we are. And it shouldn't be. It's not who God created us to be, but, but how many of you know that's one thing that, that you fight against, that, that, that keeping score, you know, that, well, he did me wrong or she did me this way or, you know, it went bad over here and, and you know what, I, I, I'll forgive you, but I won't forget that thing and, and when it comes back, you keep bringing that thing back up, right, in argument after argument or fight after fight or whatever that might be, that's, it's that same thing. And that's what that's what begins to tear you up is that idea that you can't let go of those things. It says that it's not boastful, proud or rude or demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no records, does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. <laughs> Whether you're on the right end of that truth or not, you rejoice when the truth wins out. That's good stuff. Goes on and says, love never gives up, love never, never loses faith, love is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. I will tell you this, without love operating in your life, you'll be messed up. You'll be messed up. That's, 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 uh, that's, the, first, that's the first exit towards getting jacked up and messed up in your life is just well, get out of love. All the nastiness and all the junk and all the stuff that comes with that. Maybe some of the things we talk about today, it, 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 that just, it absolutely begins to, to rot you from the inside out. But when you get filled up with God's love, then all that junk goes away. That's a good thing. Because you may have come in here and you may not like some folks and you may have some issues with some people and you may not be loving a lot of people at the moment and you may have reasons. You may have reasons for doing that. I'm, I'm not going to say that your reasons aren't valid, but I will say this, your reasons don't matter. As hard as that is for us to hear, the church has experienced, we said last week, the church has experienced God's love like nobody else has experienced God's love. I mean, God's love is there for all of us to experience, but those in the church who have come to Christ, really, we're the ones who have experienced his love. Yet in many times and situations and instances, we're the ones who have a hard, the hardest time, maybe, dealing with that love whether it's to us or whether it's through us towards somebody else how many of you know church people and they're nasty church people can be pretty nasty they should be the most loving kind wonderful people that you've ever met give you the shirt off their back lay down in front of a train for you and just give you their all kind of people because isn't that who jesus was but how many of you know 
Some of them can be some, some backbitings, backstabbing, nasty little critters. Corey? No. He's the epitome of that kind, loving soul. Because he loves me even when I do this kind of stuff to him. He still loves me, so it's all good. As we talked last week, really it was this idea that says, can I love even though I've been wronged? Can I love even though I've been hurt? You know, can I, can I love even in, in the mess that, I, that I'm walking in? Because that's important. John, uh, 1 John 4, 8, we said that God said that he is love and that he created us in, a, in his own image. So if he created us in his image, then he has created us in this earth to be love. And Romans 8, it says, verses uh, 29 and 30, it says that love is in your DNA because he predestined and, and preordained and, and, and he knew before time ever even existed who you were going to be and how he was going to weave his love in and through your life and how he was going to create you to be in this earth and to be in this planet just like him. It says that, that Jesus was the first of all of us and that, that we are just like him and that in our life, and I'm paraphrasing that passage of Scripture a little bit, but, but in our life, through this beginning of saying, God, you're my Father, I love you, and I give my life to you, to when we get to go with, be with him in heaven, there's this, there's this thing that goes on on the inside of us. There's this, this continual changing process that's making us more and more on the outside like him. But I'm telling you, at your DNA level, you are like him. Because it says that he created you in his image. And so when you get down to the nuts and bolts and the skinny of who you are and how you were created, you were created to love and to be loved. We all were. That's what we all want. We all just want to be loved and we all want to have an opportunity to love. Now what messes all that up? All those other people. Right? All, all those other people. Whether in the church, not the church, it's, just, it's, it's all those other people that have messed that up for us. And we said many times in, in our lives as we went through our, our process last week, the family, those closest to us are the ones that maybe we have the hardest time or the biggest struggle really loving. Really just letting down the, the guard and saying, I, I love you. And we, we usually start out that way with the guard down and we love them, but the people who get closest to us tend to hurt us the most. And when they hurt us, then we start to start backing up a little bit and saying, you know, I'm going to start building some walls here. And your heart gets hard, and, and we spent a whole three or four weeks last year in, in October or November, sometime around there on Sunday mornings, talking about affairs of the heart and issues of the heart. In Proverbs, it says, be careful with your heart, because out of it spring all the issues of life. Guard your heart. Take care of your heart. Keep it soft and pliable and full of love. Otherwise, your world kind of turns upside down. And we said, we've been through things, you've probably been through things, you've seen stuff, you've, you've got a story that would, that would probably make the person next to you say, oh, I hate them too. <laughs> but that's not right. That there's been struggles and there's been issues with love all the way through, and we, we talked about Joseph, remember, and his brothers, how they turned on him. His brothers turned on him. Put him in a pit. Didn't even care if he lived or died and then sold him into slavery and said, I don't care what happens to you. That's somebody doing you wrong. We said, David, he got forgot by his own dad as he as as, as, as the priest was coming to to anoint one of his sons to be king. He got everybody else but David. 
Doesn't that just tell you that mom and dad or dad thinks everybody else is important and everybody else is better than you and everybody else could be king, but we don't need to even bother go getting you. I mean, those are things that came against people who were in the Scripture who chose to continue to love. Those are, those are things that come against you and come against me in our lives with maybe our family members or our friends or the people who are close to us. It's very difficult for somebody out there in the world to really hurt us. I mean, we'll get ticked off, and we'll scream at somebody or yell at somebody at the store that we don't even know. But that, that rarely, rarely, five years later, are you talking about that event that happened at, at, at Walmart at, at the cash register with a guy cut in front of you with 18 items in the 15-item lane. You're not, you're not holding on to that for five years. Right? I mean, that's not a... Now, I'm not saying you're smooching the guy, loving him, and carrying his 18 items to the car for him. But you, you're, not, you're not, for the next five years of your life, ruined because of that. But it's, but it's when that, 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 that child of yours does something to you or that your mate or, 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 or a cousin or a sister or a brother or a, a close friend does something or over a repeated period of time you're continued to, 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 to be done wrong when you're trying to do nothing but, but love them and be right and, and you finally had enough and then when that, that offense comes and that pain and that, then, then all of a sudden there's no love anymore and, and all of a sudden all those different things enter in. The hurt and the hate and the jealousy and the envy and the strife and the, all that junk begins to enter. Now, those are the things that you carry with you five years, 10 years, and 15 years down the road. Those are the things, that those are the people who are close to you that begin to hurt you that, that we have to begin to focus on and say, you know what? I got to love. I have to choose in my life to love. We said Job, Job had all kinds of opportunities to give up and to quit loving, but he didn't. And he received a double portion for it. Galatians 5, 16 says that if we'll walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And we said in our life, those nasty things that we see come out, they don't come out maybe tomorrow or the next day, but in a year and two, you begin to see that. Have you ever been around somebody who was just as wonderful and kind and loving as can be, but over a period of two years, three years, five years, they never let go of that thing, and all of a sudden, that love they had for somebody, that love they had for the family member or for the mate or for whoever that was, began to go south began to go sideways in their life. They began to focus on the hurt and the pain and all of those things and the fruit and the nasty that started coming out. You even went like, oh. Why is that? Because the fruit problem is a root problem is what we said last week. And that love is a fruit of the Spirit. And then if we'll walk in the Spirit, verse 16, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But if we don't, walk in the spirit and we choose to walk in the flesh then our roots are in the wrong place and the fruit gets nasty it's impossible for you to be the lover in this world that christ created you to be and walk in the flesh won't work it's fake it's carnal because that agape love that love that he's talking about is this love that's on the inside of you that flows from the spirit and you can't walk in both worlds you can't have one world walking in the flesh and then trying to reap reap fruit in the other world that's of the spirit it doesn't work that way wherever your roots are that's where your fruit's going to come from so last week we said i know those people are irritating (laughs) i know those people are driving you nuts i know those people are the problem but you got to love them because the irritation that is that is going on in that situation if you if you react in love in that case 
It'll bring forth a pearl. It will break the barrier in that relationship. It will change you, sure, but it will begin to change that other person in their life. How many of you were loved into the kingdom of God? You were a mess, but God's love was shown to you through somebody else. No matter how hard-hearted you were, no matter how wrong you were, no matter how down that path you had gone, and no matter how vile your life was, or maybe you were just great and everything was fine, but somebody loved you in your mess. We said at the end of the service, because I said, somebody is irritating you, and you all had a picture in your head. You knew who that was immediately. Everybody smiled. Yeah, I know that guy. And I said, but remember, you were irritating somebody too. Or you were irritating somebody and they loved you into a pearl. So as we went last week, we began to talk about that and say, you know what, this is what we want to do. We want to go out of these doors and we want to love like Jesus has loved us. That his love broke the barrier, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That he broke a barrier that sin created between man and God. But he broke that because he loved you. And through that love he sent Jesus and that love broke that barrier. That in our life can we choose to go out that door and say, you know what, I'm going to love him regardless. But you don't know, Pastor John, what that guy did. I'm just telling you. God so loved you that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross. He's not asking you to put your kid on the tree for your neighbor but he is asking you to love your neighbor. I'm glad that he's only asking me to love. Today we're going to talk about what is love, and I'm going to have Elizabeth come up here and, and, and share with me a little bit, since she is my beautiful, wonderful, most gorgeous love of my life. Yes, yes it is. I can't say no. Right. right. <laughs> in Mark chapter 12, if you go there, this is, this is where we start today, and I know it's a few minutes in, but in Mark chapter 12, verse 29, Jesus uh, had answered, and he said, the first of all the commandments is that the Lord your God is one. And verse 30 says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like it. It's this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There are no other commandments greater than these. Love God, love you, and love others. A lot of people have issues with all three of those. Some people have issues with a couple. Some people just have, you know, maybe you don't love you. Well, that's a problem. God loves you. That's right. And even though you've gone through some stuff, I know sometimes it's hard to look in that mirror, but you've got, you got to be able to look in that mirror and love who you are. Why? Because that's how you're going to love other people. And it's important. And, and what we're going to do today or talk about today or hopefully when we're all finished today, we'll sit, love's a little bit, how you live your life is a little bit of a picture of how you love. Love has a, has a look to it. You know, when, when you, you, you know folks, you watch folks, you, you, you see how they act and the things that they do. And when we get to the second part of 2 Corinthians chapter 13, you can see some of these things. And, and in our life, what we need to do is begin to frame our world in this love that says, man, this, this is this is how I'm going to live. It's impossible to be offended and be in love. When you pick up that offense, you've stepped into the flesh. So you can't operate in love. Why? Because love's a fruit of the Spirit. 
And so when, when Jesus speaks to them here in this moment, he says, look, we're just going to boil it all down to this, all right? Love God. Okay. Then love your neighbor as you love yourself. Problem. I know you love me, and I love you, God. Can we just keep it like this? Can we just be exclusive? <laughs> I'll put you on Facebook. I'm in a relationship with God. It's me and him, and I don't need any other friends. Right, because all your other friends are messing me up. I'm getting all over you because your pictures that you posted of me. Is, anyway, it's easy. And then when we frame our world, you know, we we he said that that our life is a picture of what our love looks like, and and our example of that was Jesus, and and he gave us the example that we're to love others as Christ loved us, and the scripture for that was John. 15, 9 through 13. And this is Jesus talking. And the reason he could do what he did is because he experienced God's love for him. And he knew what that love was like. And he uh, was fluent in that. And he knew what that felt like. And he knew the power or the freedom that was in that love that his father had for him. And it says, and this is Jesus talking. It says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments and abide in his love. Oh, I'm sorry. My love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that your joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friend. See, he gave us this, that example of when, when we know his love, when we walk in that love, when we abide in that love, then we're able to love the way he did. You know, in our flesh, we can't love people this way. That's just not our nature. Our nature is not to just, you know, roses and, and ponies and, and meadows where butterflies kiss us. You know, that, that's not our nature. But if we abide in him, if we abide in his love, then we're able to walk and see past the offense, and see past what's going on around us, and see past that to what God sees. And that love is able to come out of us instead of what our flesh is longing mm -hmm. for. Yeah, you know, it, it says uh, in, in Luke chapter 10 is the story of, of the Good Samaritan. And, and the guy said, well, okay, fine, all right. Love myself, I love my neighbors as I love myself. Great, great, I understand that. Well, then who's my neighbor? And the question is asked not like, okay, tell me who I get to love. The question is asked like, okay, who's my neighbor? Because tell me who I don't have to. That's the way the question's asked. And, and sometimes we don't even pay attention so much to the question as, as how it's asked. We just, you know, oh, the guy wants to know who to love. Well, kind of, but he really wants to know. He's really asking Jesus, who don't I have to love? Because in, in, in that time, that was, that was important. And for you and for me sometimes, in, in that, okay, God, I'll give you like, you know, I'll, I'll give you like these six, but man, these two over here, I, can I have a pass? Nope. And when the whole story was said and done, it said, who was the one who, who was the good neighbor? And he said, the one who helped him and had mercy on the poor guy. Well, it was the guy who really had, had no reason to help him. In the story, those two were enemies. In Luke, earlier in chapter 6, God, uh, Jesus says, everybody can love the lovely, happy people, but can you love the ones who aren't lovely and happy? 
See, can you love your enemies? Can you love, can you love the ones politically who stand against you in some of these really, really difficult and very morally opposing situations? Can you love them? I, I know you don't want to. I know you want to justify why you don't. But the Bible doesn't even give you a pass there. It says you've got to love them. Everybody can love the ones who are on their side, but can you see where, where you go to the next level in your love walk, where you go to the next level in your life, and where you know you're going to really lay down who you are and pick up the cross of who he is in your life is when you begin to love those ones who are on that other side. I know it gets quiet because you all know who those people are, and you're thinking, man, I've got to go love that person tomorrow, and I don't want to do that. But the love that you show them is based on the fruit that you have in your life. And the, and the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians uh, 5, 22 and 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. I mean, those, those are the things that we walk in. Those are the things that we see in our lives when we're walking in the Spirit and not in the flesh. And, and the fruit that we see in our life, the things that we see... Uh, being applied our love picture so to speak is going to be based on the roots that we have are we rooting our day in the word are we rooting our day in the in in walking in the love that god has for us or are we rooting our day in ourselves because when we root our day in ourselves when we when we uh base how we interact with people on what we think and what we believe and what we know to be truth then we're going to be a mess. Your fruit is not going to be what you want it to be. But if you want the fruit of the Spirit, the things that we listed here, you know, joy, peace, long-suffering, all those things, if you want those things to be evident in your life, then you're going to have to root yourself in God and in the Word and in the Spirit and, mm-hmm. and choose to walk that way instead of not choosing. Not choosing is the same as choosing to walk in the flesh. Not choosing to follow what God has you're going to end up having fruit in your life that you don't want. Yeah, and I don't feel like it. I don't, I don't feel like it. I've, I've had people say this. Tomorrow I will, but today I just don't feel like it. Well, that's the time when you probably need to. Because love, love isn't a feeling. Love is a fruit. And it's a result of walking in the Spirit. And, and that's when people say, I, I know that, that I love this person. Why? Because he's the most handsome guy that I've ever met. <laughs> Because eventually he's going to be ugly. You know, and she's the most wonderful woman that I have ever known, and she makes me so happy. Eventually she's going to tick you off. I, I know that I, I, I really, I, I love this person because I know that they're the person that God has put in my life and given me as a helpmate to live with me, and I want to submit myself to them and live in this life, mutually submitting ourselves to the call and the will of God that he has for us. Bing! Why? Because that's spirit. And love comes out of the spirit sign and not the feeling sign. There's no way for you, for you to be in the flesh and, and, and please God. Romans chapter, chapter 5 talks about, or chapter 8, one of the other, talks about if you're in the flesh, you can't please God. And feelings are the voice of your flesh. Feelings are the voice of your flesh. Conscience is the voice of your, your mind, your will, emotion side of things. And so in, in your world and in your life, you, 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 have to, you have to realize that when you get into that feeling side, when it starts to get a little fleshy, you're going to have to be careful. 
What are you laughing at over there? Maybe you should sit back down. You know, when you want to throw the gloves off and say, all right, it's on. Oh, that's what we do. Yeah. Sometimes. Let's do it. You know, then you know you're in trouble. That's sometimes how we deal with things. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to tell all the secrets. I'm going to take off my shoes. Right. You're going (laughs) to throw her shoe at me and... But it's different now. It's different. It's it different now. It used to be some pretty nasty stuff. A lot of finger waggling, biting on fingers, and hair pulling, and eye gouging, and a lot of stuff that no, probably wasn't. No, we never did that. Just full Nelsons. Yeah, there was. Well, anyway. <laughs> I thought you had a but, full but, Nelson. But, but now when it gets to that point, it's more along the lines of, do, do you want to continue to stay in the flesh like this and ruin things? No, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do that. I love you, and I choose to forgive so that's, it's, it's yeah. more that than it, it is. That's it the is. Way, yeah. Because you're such a wretch. It's, I'm just trying to bring you back. <laughs> I know. Thank you. I, I know. I'm here for you. I love it. Okay. So your emotions and feelings will either follow the lust of the flesh or the fruit of the spirit. And it's just like that. I mean, like, you know what it's like when you just want to just punch somebody. And, but we really seriously have had that argument where it's like, how long do you want to stay in the flesh and ruin our life? I mean, like, we just like that. that I think I wet my pants. <laughs> scared me. And, and you have to make that choice. Like, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> no, uh, no, but, but seriously, but that's, that's, you have the choice, though. You have to make that choice, and that has to be what comes to your mind. Like, if I am in here fighting like this, then I am wrecking my yeah. life. Mm-hmm. I am wrecking my home. I am wrecking my marriage. I am opening the door to the devil, say, come on in, take what you want, because mm-hmm. really I don't care right now. It's all yours. Yeah. You know, It's true. And that's what your actions are doing. When you decide to jump into the flesh, that's what you're doing. Yeah. I think I messed that up. Flesh, your, your feelings are the voice of the flesh. Yes. Reasoning is the I, voice I, of the I, mind. I'm fixing that. Okay, so then. <laughs> hey. You, I got you. You go ahead. Fix that. I am right now. Okay. So your unbridled emotions, they will ruin your life. And that's something that I'm going to talk about on Saturday. That's something that, brought, that God really, you know, brought to my heart is unbridled emotions will ruin your life and, because it takes you down a path that you don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And when you take those emotions and you and you bring them into check and you and you submit them to the will of God, then you see fruit. And so, you know, you can't live your life with emotions. You can't say, I don't feel like it. You can't say, I don't want to. Well, I mean, you can, but that is ridiculous because then you're opening the door to the devil and saying, come on in. Mm-hmm. Everything I have. Here's my home. Here's my yeah. family. Here's my right. stuff. Have at it. Because I don't feel like it. And it's just that serious. Yeah. It's just that serious. And, and that's when you have to choose to love the most, is when you absolutely don't want to. It's easy to love. You know, he brings home flowers. He brings, you know, oh, I love you. You know, those are easy times. But when... There's a lot of the other times where I don't. <laughs> but, but there's times when you have to make the choice that says, this is not based on my feelings. This is based on what God says. And if you follow what God says, you will see the fruit in your life. 
But you have to submit your emotions to that. You have to submit your emotions to the will of God or the outcome won't be what you want. But when, you, uh, when, you, when, you, when you're the one who has to choose to love, there's, I, I just, this happened this week, and, and, and I, I love her uh, a lot. And um, so, I, I mean, I really, I really do. And, and I, I think that in my life, I, I show it all the time. I, you know, I, I think that she knows I love her. I tell her I love her when she tells me she loves me, and I say I love you back and all that kind of stuff. I, I tell her, you know, that I love her, and I, and I try to show her that I love her, and I, I try to take care of her. I try to do all of those things. But, but on Monday, for some reason, I don't know why, I went home, and, and it, it wasn't really to be funny, but I, I just I felt for her. So I, I said, hey, this, this is what I'm going to, you know, hey, come here. And I know when, when, when I go to give her a little hug when I come home, she has a nose thing. When she, when she rubs her nose on me, and and rubs her nose and that's oh it's over she needs to go lay down somewhere she's had a hard day or a tough day or whatever that is she's tired right oh that's good but she it's her nose it's like it's a little like the puppies it gets a little cold and then she rubs it on me and and then i know it's so i said hey 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 come on and so we did got all the groceries put away and i said just go lay just go lay down the couch just lay down play on your phone play some games i'll go get some chinese i'll bring it home and, and it, it'll be, don't worry about it. No, I want to cook. I want to cook for you. No, no, no. Lay down. It's going to be all right, honey. I give her a little kiss. I said, it's fine. Put a little blanket on her. Give her a phone. Just lay there. And she's, she's looking at me. And so I went and got food. And then I got her food. And I had her eat her food. And then I said, come here. Put your feet up here on my lap. Let me rub your feet. And, and I began to rub her feet. And you know what she thought? She thought I was going to kill her. She thought, she thought that she wanted me to eat her food because she thought I made poison the food. Would you eat my plate instead of your plate? I'm like, what, what's the matter? I love you. And I said, it's all right. And I give her a kiss. and she, I could see she didn't. I said, well, let me get you some more water. So I got her cup and went up, and I got water and came back. Daniel came home, and he saw this going on. He said, Mom, is he going to kill you? No. <laughs> Dad, Daddy's not going to kill Mommy. I, I I love mommy. And he's like, I don't know, man. I'm with you, mom. I, I, I love you. If you're not here in the morning, I, I still love you. And I thought, well, but. See, and then I just, I, I pulled her over on me, and I just massaged her head and put her head on my shoulder. And the whole night, then I realized, I'm just trying to be nice. But apparently, I don't do this very often. <laughs> That's why I say your love kind of has a picture to it. See, it is I love you. That is important and that means something. But the things that you do in that, one way or the other, they begin to solidify that love. And we all hear and understand love differently. And I think you all just like me. So if you don't get it like me, that's your own problem. But that's not the case. We all have those love languages, and we all receive those things differently. And so I have to pay attention to that in this relationship for sure. But, but in, in all of our relationships as we go, we have to pay attention to the things that are coming, the outward things, the stuff that's going out here. What are we saying? See, what are we meditating? How are we acting? Because all of those things go back to, do you really love them or not? I love you. 
I don't like you. Well, that doesn't work. Although we said that too. When was that? Just yeah, that was Tuesday. Our house is a roller coaster of emotions sometimes. You just can't be ruled by your emotions because if you do, you're just going to be a roller coaster. But anyway, I, I told Daniel, I said, well, either way, I'm dying happy. Either he's going to do this all the time or my belly's full and I've got a lot. Of, I'm, I'm satisfied. Either way, happy person. Either it's tonight or 100 years from now. I don't well, know. Well, I was really, <laughs> in my own, I mean, in my own world, I was really, I mean, I, that, that really, that spoke to me. Because I, I do, I do really love her. And I don't want, I don't, wow, I didn't mean for it. Now, it was a little over the edge. I was, was pretty much, it was all 74 things you like, like all at one time. So yeah, that was, all you know. at the same time, I was like, whoa. That's all I got. I got energy to do it. I got energy to do it one time. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to. Just get this over with. I'll see you in about six, eight weeks. We'll do this again. You better? Whoa, mister. <laughs> Just all I ask is do it quick. Do it quick, right? Yep. That's what you always say. Make That's it what I've swift. I've always said. Make it swift, and I don't want to see it coming. Now, the second right. part of this. <laughs> you're not giving them anything to be really comfortable with. You're making everybody nervous. If you end up on a, if, in a, if you disappear, they're going to come after me because of this. And, well, they and it could have been some crazy kid at school, but they're going to come after me because you just aired all this. It happens. It wasn't me. <laughs> I love her. It happens. I've got a passport. I'm telling you, though, if... <laughs> and take hidden the, cash. Take the money and run, baby. Right. All right. First Corinthians <laughs> chapter 13. The second portion of that, four through seven. We're going to read it in a couple different versions for you. She'll put the ones on the screen that we have. She doesn't have the, uh, the New Living, but, but the rest of them. Or do you have that up there? Okay, good. New Living's up All there. Right. But it says, these are the things that love is. And this is where we get to have a little bit of a checkup. It says in, in the New Living, it says, love is patient and love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no records of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice. Rejoice or not, it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. The NIV version says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does no does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. The New King James in that part says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, it's not puffed up. Lots of the same words, but they're just, some of them are just a little, subtly just a little bit different that means something maybe to you. You know, maybe, maybe one of these means more than the other one to you in your world, in your life. Love does not behave rudely. I have an issue with that. I try, to be not, I try to be not rude. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And in the Message Bible, it says, Love never gives up. Love's ca- love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first. Love doesn't fly off the handle. Love doesn't keep score of sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, doesn't take pleasure in the flowering of truth, 
Love puts up with anything. Trust God always. Always look for the best. Never looks back and keeps going to the end. Mm-hmm. So if we break it down and go to the beginning, love is patient and love is kind. The two attributes that start off the thing, and those are some of the harder ones. And uh, in Hebrews six twelve, it says, through faith and patience, you inherit the promise. And, you know, long-suffering is one of the fruits that we're looking for. You know, it, it, it says in there that to be patient and to be kind, you know, those, those are the things that, that we send, tend to lose the quickest. You know, we want it right now. We want you to get it right now. and We don't want to be kind while we're waiting for you to get it. We want it to be done. And it's very easy, especially with the ones that you love or the ones that you've been put in their path to love. It's very easy to not be kind, especially the people who live in your home. It seems that they're the easiest to not be kind to. You would not, you would probably not be not kind to me. But you would probably be not kind to your spouse or your kids a lot mm. quicker than you would not be not kind to me because they're the, they're the ones closest to you. You have the best relationship or the closest relationship with them. And it's easy because of that close relationship to lose that, that feeling with them faster. Yeah. You know, you can have lots of patience with me because I'm not as close to you as your kids. I'm not as close, you know, I, I don't have the same reaction. And, and so those are two areas. Well, I, find, I find myself trying to be more kind. Aren't, I mean, when you're in the world today, you should be separated from the people who are, who are walking around in the world because of your patience and your kindness. You've seen the lady about to kill her kid in the supermarket, and, and, but what have you had? Nothing but patience and kindness. Now, you haven't seen the backstory, and you don't know all the things and all the stuff that's gone on, but how do you react with patience and kindness? Why? Because there's love on the inside of you. I'm not saying there's not love on the inside of that person. Just in that moment, the, the other side of things have become more real, the flesh side. The other one talks about it, or the next one says, never be boastful, rude, or proud. Jealousy and envy will destroy you and wreck you. And it's not just jealous because he looked at that girl, and I'm telling you what, I'm going it, it to, it's not that. Jealous, jealousy goes all through the spectrum. Envy goes all through the spectrum. It's not just a, a, about relationships and about people, and somebody likes somebody more than likes somebody else. Jealousy and envy basically says the things that are on the inside of them or the things that they have or the things that they can do, I want some of that. And if I just had that, I'd be okay or I'd be happy. Uh-uh, that's not love. And I would be very careful if you go back and look in James 3.16. It says, forever there is jealousy and selfish ambitions. There you will find disorder and evil of, ev- of every kind. Jealousy has been a problem all the way since the beginning. Lucifer fell because he was jealous. Cain and Abel, the first murder, was because one was jealous of the other. I, th- I mean, that, that there's jealousy and envy all through the word, but it never comes out well. I mean, you can think that you're different and you have enough justification in your world, but you don't. I know you worked hardest for it and you didn't get it and somebody who didn't work hardest for it got it, but that you can't be jealous or envious about that. You have to love them in that. Well, I'll love them, but I won't like it. Well, you're not really loving them. It's hard. I, I know until your flesh is difficult. You don't want to. This, this doesn't necessarily come natural to who you are as a human being, but it will come natural to who you are as a spirit being. 
as you seed yourself over or give yourself over to the Spirit, these are the things that begin to come out of you as you go. Love isn't selfish. It isn't irritable or touchy. It thinks no evil. And, you know, this is a choice that you make. And, and, and we have to take those thoughts captive and we have to cast them down because it's very easy to think that someone has ulterior motives. It's very easy to think that they are, they are thinking bad things about what's going on. It's very easy to go down that path that says, you know, of thinking evil about someone else. And then that's what tends to make us irritable and touchy and selfish is because we don't take captive those vain imaginations, those thoughts, those things that say, this is what's going on, when that's not a truth. 99% of the time, that's not a truth. The definition of uh, irritable is easily angered, provoked, or annoyed. You, you know, how, how is it? Oh, this is so annoying. Oh, my gosh. You know, and... and if that guy didn't stop clicking his pen, I'm going to tear his fingers off. Yeah, I have like 150 12-year-olds that I talk to every day. And they're, they can be annoying. Like their habits are just, it's like, oh, you know, stop. You're trying to bore a hole through my head with that pen. Could you believe, you know. And <laughs> Sorry, I was just making a joke. No, it's for reals. We'll have to pray for you. <laughs> I know. Well, I was convicted last week. Well, I'll just add this one to it. So, uh. <laughs> And it lets no one, in 1 Corinthians 10, 24, it says, let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. You know, it's about other, it, when, when you get a revelation of this, you get excited when great things happen to other people. You get excited when you get to see gifts and talents come out in people that shine brighter than yours. When you get a revelation of what this love really means, because then, then you get to see God be big. And you know the same God that is in them, that is working in them, that is doing awesome things for them, is the same God that lives inside of you. Mm-hmm. And he is no respecter of persons. And it's not about them getting to do stuff and you getting to do stuff. It's about the kingdom of God being advanced. Yay, God. You know, I, I think that scripture, and we can end here in, in 1 Corinthians 10, it, you know, it says, let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. And, and for, for each one of us, I, I, you know, I mean, there are different situations and scenarios that we face. There are probably different people in, in your life relationally that you have an issue loving than maybe I do or maybe the person next to you. It may be your brother-in-law, or it may be a guy at work, or it may be some girl down the street, or maybe somebody here at church. If it is, we'll work that out. But, it, you know, I mean, it may, it may be your mate. For you in your life, it, 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 that, may be, that may be your biggest issue and your biggest struggle in love right now is the person that you live with, who you sleep with, who's, 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 who's under that roof with you, supposed to be in it with you, and you're not in it right now. That, that, man, that, that's, that's tough. And you may be the one who, who, is, who is right. And I'm not saying you don't back down and you don't not stand on the word and you don't not stand on righteousness, but what I am saying is you got to love because the word says love. Righteousness is about love. In our world and in our house, that, that's, not, that's not really a, 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 a difficult thing for us. But there are other relationships that, that maybe are. They'll be different than yours. But, but what that says 
is let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. That, that means, because I know what you're thinking. Well, I really like me and my brother and I. I don't even seek my own. I, uh-huh. But who is the person who you want to seek your own with? That's where, God, that's where God wants to do a work in your life tonight. See, where is that place where you're not seeking the other's behalf? Where is the place where you've drawn the line and you're saying, see, you know what? I'm not going to go over there. For you, it might be your brother-in-law, might be your friend, might be somebody at work, but it might be your mate, might be, I don't know. We don't get to draw lines like that. We don't get to exclude people from the love circle. We've got to love them. Doesn't mean we have to accept what they're doing, right? But we have to accept who they are and what Christ wants to do in them. So whoever that relationship with, that you have, whatever that difficult situation is for you to love, it's a great day to just say, you know what? I, I want to be like it says. I want to be patient and I want to be kind. You know the person that sends you right off the handle that quick? It's going to be different tomorrow. Why? Because you're going to say, I don't want to be like that anymore. So what we're going to do is we're going to stand up here. So why don't we stand up? We're going to pray. And, and what we'll do is we'll, do, we'll just take a minute and we'll just say, okay, God, who is it in my life? What is the situation in my life? Who is that? I'm not, maybe for you it's everybody. <laughs> maybe you're that person who everybody loves to see leave. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so. But in your life, just where you are, just who is that? Who, where is that? God's going to fix a relationship in your life. God's going to help you love someone who doesn't deserve your love. God's going to help you love someone who's, a, who's an enemy. God's going to help you love somebody who stands on the other side of the aisle politically from you. You don't have to agree with their politics. You don't have to agree with what they say, but you've got to love them. So today, just bow your heads right where you are. I'm just going to pray for you. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.